You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 77. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezinski, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezinski, and I am so excited that you are here today. I am just so grateful. I'm just sitting here in gratitude right now because the podcast has continued to grow. You guys continue to share with your friends. You continue to come back weekly and listen, and you continue to leave reviews and ratings on iTunes, and I am just incredibly grateful that you are here. I love what I do. I love that I get to come on this podcast and I get to share guest experts and I get to just come on here and riff and chat and talk about fitness and mindset and health and everything that's going on in your life as you work for the goals that you have. And I'm so grateful that I get to do that. And the reason that I get to do that is because of you. It's because you guys show up and you let me know that you love what I'm doing and you let me know when you have you know, takeaways from the the episodes. And there is nothing better as a content creator to be able to hear from other people that the things that you're doing are making a difference. And so for those of you who have shared the podcast, for those of you who have taken a screenshot and posted it to your stories, for those of you who have left a review on iTunes, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And I hope that you continue to come back and I hope you continue to listen. And most importantly, I hope that what you hear and learn on this podcast causes you to take action because I think it's one thing to sit and listen, you know, while you're driving or cooking or cleaning or however you're sitting here listening to this podcast, it's one thing to listen and to like be there nodding your head and like agreeing and like, like, oh yeah, that's really great. And it's a completely other thing to take what you've learned here, take the nuggets, take the ideas take the tips and actually start applying them to your own journey. And it is in that application. It is in the action. It is in doing things differently that you're able to create different results. If you just want to continue to create the same results you've already created in your life, nothing needs to change. But if you're looking at your life and in any aspect of your life, you want to make a you want to make a difference or you want to have a different outcome, you want to have a different result than you've been able to create in the past, you have to be willing to change things. You have to be willing to implement new things. You have to be willing to take those nuggets that you're learning here and actually take action on them. And that is when everything changes. And and that is when you're able to hit goals, achieve things that you haven't been able to achieve in the past. So that's just a, a little token of my appreciation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Now, today, we're going to share with you an interview I did with Annie Pappas, and I found Annie many years ago, right when I pretty 
close to when I came onto Instagram, which was in February of 2016 is when I started my Instagram account. Actually, I think it was the end of Jan. It was the end of January. It was in January that I started my Instagram account and I started, I had my first client in February. Um, when I got onto Instagram, it really was just kind of like sharing my story, sharing what I was doing, sharing what was working. And people started then asking me to coach. They saw that I was able to get results for myself and they're like, Hey, will you coach me? And I was like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's do some coaching. And so I started out just coaching people for free and that ended up turning into biceps after babies, the whole brand. But in 2016, when I got onto Instagram, um, Annie was one of the people that I started following and, um, I have followed her over the years. I've been able to see her have her two beautiful children and kind of dive into this world of motherhood along with fitness and being able to combine the two. And so I wanted to have Annie on because she has uh, an experience that some of you may be able to relate to, some of you may not be able to relate to, but um, is good to learn about with diastasis recti, which is a separation of the abdominals and um, pelvic floor prolapse. Now I mentioned in the episode that if you are curious about pelvic floor prolapse or just your pelvic floor and learning more about it, definitely go and check out episode number 37. Uh, My husband is a physician, a surgeon, a pelvic floor surgeon. And so I brought him onto the podcast on episode number 37 and we talk about the pelvic floor and about pelvic floor health and about how you can make sure that you're maintaining the integrity of your pelvic floor and what you can do if you are experiencing things like incontinence or pelvic floor prolapse. We also did a bonus episode right after that. So episode 37, and then there's a bonus episode. And we took questions from listeners um, about pelvic floor and about pelvic floor prolapse. And so that's also a bonus episode that I highly recommend listening to. But Annie, you know, it comes from a different perspective, right? Like my husband, he is a surgeon and he works with women who experience pelvic floor prolapse. But Annie has actually experienced it herself. She's actually experienced pelvic floor prolapse. She's actually experienced diastasis recti. And so she's coming from the perspective of being able to share her story and her experience. And I'm hoping that as we can bring these conversations to light, as we can talk more about this, Annie and I talk in the interview about how there's such a stigma and a shame associated around pelvic floor issues that isn't really talked about. And I think the more that we can bring things to light, the more we can normalize it, not normalize it in a way that like it's normal to pee your pants, but normalize it in a way that people aren't ashamed to talk about it. And they're not ashamed to like say, Hey, I'm having this problem. Like there, and understand that there are ways to, to solve it. There are ways to repair the damage that has been done. There are ways to get better. And I think the more that we can share stories like Annie was so willing to share in this, in this episode, the more we can um, help more women to be able to get the help that they need so that they don't have to deal with issues that, that, have solutions. Like there, if you're listening and you have pelvic floor issues or you have diastasis recti, like there are solutions. It's not just something that you have to live with. So I'm really grateful for Annie coming on and being vulnerable and sharing her story. And I can't wait for you to listen to um, the interview with Annie Pappas. I would like to welcome Annie Pappas to the podcast. Hey, Annie, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I am really excited to have you. Yes, I'm so excited. Me too. This is going to, I was just telling Annie before we hit record um, that she was on my list. When I first started my podcast, I just kind of brain dumped a whole bunch of people on this list. And Annie's been on that list for now over a year. And so I'm excited. We're finally doing it. We're getting her on the podcast and we're going to have a good conversation today. I think it's going to be very helpful to um, a lot of women. Um, so I'm excited about the topic today. So before we dive into kind of our topic for today, just give us a little bit of background, like who you are, um, 
you know, how you got onto Instagram and how you kind of serve women. Yeah, of course. So my name is Annie. I'm 35. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I am a new-ish mom of two kids. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old boy and a one-and-a-half-year-old girl. That is my full-time job currently. They are quite a handful, <laughs> but the most exciting time of my life. And I, there's no place that I'd rather be than home with them, but it's definitely a handful. Um, I actually, funny story about my Instagram account. I refused to get an Instagram account for the longest time. So I jumped on the bandwagon like really late. It was, I think 2014 or 2015 that I finally signed on just because everyone kept asking me like my friends and family, just tips on exercise and what to eat and eating healthy. And I, in no way I'm a professional. I don't have any certifications, but I am always open to education. I love to, you know, educate myself on the topic because I find it so interesting and I'm passionate about it. So I started the account just to give exercise tips and healthy eating tips and, you know, meal prep stuff. And that turned into me getting pregnant. And for some reason, people love pregnant women on Instagram. So <laughs> that's when I gained like all my followers. People love to follow pregnant women. And so it just kind of evolved from there. And I love to be a comforting voice. I love to be completely honest and raw, sometimes saying things that nobody will, just because I think it's important to put it out there because we all feel it as moms, these like hard times and no one ever talks about it. And it's not always pretty. So that's when I come in and I can give it to you how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that, um, about pregnant women and Instagram, cause I'm pretty sure that's when I found your account was when you were pregnant for the first time. Yeah, see? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like, yes, I don't know. There is some uh, fascination with uh, pregnant women on Instagram. Um, <laughs> and you are such a, like, I will definitely, I mean, it's one thing for you to say that you are authentic and real and sharing all those things. And it's, it's definitely another for like somebody uh, like looking on it externally saying, yeah, you, that, that is absolutely you. You are just like hundred percent. I'm going to tell you how it is. It's not always awesome. <laughs> there are bad mm -hmm. days. There are hard days. There are days that it like aren't very fun. And I'm going to tell you about it. That that is definitely your Instagram account. Um, yes, hundred percent. So Thank I, you. I love that. <laughs> now, tell me, have you always so you know kind of sound like people were like, oh, you need to be on Instagram. You need to share in these things um, with friends and family. So has that always been a part of your life? Like, what were you like in like your teen years? Was was fitness already always a part of your life, or did that come later on? It sort of was. So I, I remember specifically joining the YMCA at age 16. I begged my mom, please, mom, I want to go to the YMCA and go to the gym. So she got me a membership. And I remember walking in there at 16, grabbing my first pair of like five pound dumbbells and starting to do bicep curls. So it's always been in me. I've always had a passion for it. Um, I was a runner in high school. I played basketball. So I was always active. I was a cheerleading captain. And so just always active. Um, weightlifting, I didn't really start to do. I kind of have like the cliche story of how I was a cardio bunny. I feel like a lot of girls say that I was mm -hmm. a cardio bunny until, until I realized how great lifting weights was. And I, you don't look like a man. <laughs> you know what I Shocker. mean? Like everyone's so spoiler scared. Alert. Yeah. Right. Spoiler alert. Everyone's so scared that they're going to look manly and it's not true. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I didn't really start strength training until after college and I fell completely in love with it. And the funniest part is I met my husband at, at a gym. No way. Okay. I, I didn't, did. I didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, you guys were like both working out? Yes. So for months, I okay, would wait, see this tell guy me the at the story. gym. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> so for months I was seeing this guy at the gym and I was like, Ooh, this guy's really cute. But you know, I don't know what's the story. Like maybe as a girlfriend. So I just kind of like kept my distance, but always looked at him and like, he looked at me and he like would wink at me, but he would never talk to me. Like this went on for like three months Oh my gosh! until funny. finally I was like, if, if I don't say anything to this guy, like I'm never going to see him again. And that's going to be that. So I approached him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I love you. I that's introduced awesome. myself in the parking lot <laughs> and I said, hi, I see you around here all the time. And I don't know your name. I'm Annie. And he was like, oh, hi, I'm John. And that opened it up for him to ask for my number and the rest is history. But oh my gosh. yeah, if, if we had met at a bar, I don't think we would have ever spoken. Yeah. That's so funny. I love that I story. That's awesome. So has he <laughs> always been really into health and fitness too? He has, um, not so much anymore as he climbs the lat, the corporate ladder, he's had less time mm-hmm. to dedicate to fitness, but that's completely understandable. Hopefully one day we'll be able to get back into it together. Yeah. Yeah. And so what helped, you said that you got into weightlifting when you kind of hit into your college years. What, what made you make that transition from more cardio to like more strength training? You know, that's, that's interesting question. I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I think kind of happened organically because nowadays we see everything on Instagram that we want to try, but back then I, there was no Instagram. So I don't really know, remember how I made the transition, like mom brain. I can't remember anything Mm -hmm. past like yesterday, (laughs) but (laughs) slowly I started to transition, not really full on heavy weights until maybe like six years ago. And that was probably from Instagram. I don't know, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it just kind of happened organically and it was I would still do cardio, but just, you know, do a good mix of both. And I just loved the way it made me feel, um, like the way it made me look. I looked more like leaner. People think you look manly, but it's complete opposite. It makes you look more womanly actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what would you say if there's someone who's listening, who's like, yeah, I totally know that like cardio bunny. I always, you know, when I go to the gym, it's like the treadmill always. And they're scared about making that, that transition over to maybe even starting with dumbbells or barbells. What would you say to them of like, what the biggest benefits have been having strength training in your life? Okay. So, um, if people don't know, building muscle burns more calories (laughs) and people, yeah. People don't know that. If you want to lose weight, pick up those weights because the more muscle you build, the more calories you're going to burn. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest benefit to me. Mm-hmm. And then you start to get a shape. If you want to tone, people always want to tone their, you know, I don't know, inner thighs or their arms. And of course you can't spot train any one area, but if you're toning overall with weights, if you're weightlifting, you're, the muscle that's forming is going to naturally shape your body in the way that you want. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I think it's really important to make like a, like the, a distinction that you cannot spot reduce, but you can spot build, right? Like if you, right. if you want to have a more hourglass figure, you can build up your shoulders and you can build up your like glutes, um, to be able to create more of that look. And so 100%. That, that is like a really good distinction, because yeah, people are always like, Oh, I want to lose fat in my belly. I want to lose fat in my thighs or whatever. And you cannot do that. Like fat loss occurs over your entire body. Like you cannot say that you want to pull from the fat storages in your stomach, but with muscles, you can target a certain part of your body because you can do, you know, you can lift the weights that are going to stimulate that muscle group. Right. So that's a, that's a important distinction to make for, for people listening. Um, so did you lift weights all through your pregnancy? I did. So I did. Yeah. So right before I got pregnant, I was probably the most fit I've ever been in my life in 2015. 
And I was in the gym every single morning, 6 a.m., right before work, just going at it, like nonstop. Everyone would always approach me like, are you training for something? Um, why are you working so hard? I just, I was just the hardest worker in the room. And it was just because I, you know, I had, a, I had goals and I wanted to get it done before work. And I was on a time crunch and just, you know, head down, like not looking at anybody, like, don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm on a mission here. Mm-hmm. And then when I got pregnant, I didn't want to lose that like thick girl persona that I had at this gym of people that I didn't really even know. Oh, and it was weird, but I hit it for the longest time. As long as I could, I wore loose shirts and kind of hid the fact that I was pregnant until it was really obvious mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was pregnant. And then um, everyone was really nice about it, so supportive. And that's when I started to embrace it. But I did not change any of my workout habits, um, which some things I kind of regret now that I'm more educated on you know, what happens to your body postpartum and during pregnancy. Um, but I did work out more carefully. So the second time around than the first time, because I had no idea, I was like, yeah, well, I'm working out. I can keep going the same way, but that's not true mm-hmm. because yeah. you're, your body, your pelvic different. floor. Yeah. 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 Your body's different. You're everything's growing and expanding yeah. and stretching. And okay. Yeah. So let's talk about those regrets. Like what are some of the gr- regrets that you have, um, going back to that so, time? So before I got pregnant and during my entire first pregnancy, I had no idea about the pelvic floor. I knew about ab separation and diastasis recti. I was aware of those terms, but Mm -hmm. didn't really know how to avoid them or if it was going to happen. I just assumed that it wouldn't happen to me because I was fit. Um, I had no idea what the pelvic floor was until I gave birth to my son. And after that, and it was sadly through Instagram, not sadly and greatly, like sadly that my doctors didn't talk to me about it, but also great because the resources on Instagram are so wonderful now mm-hmm. that that's where I found out information about the pelvic floor. What happens to your pelvic floor, you know, um, the pressure on it from this big belly that you're growing, the separation of the abs, it happened naturally and they come back together, but sometimes not completely together. So all this information I didn't know until post pregnancy number one. And So I started to do whatever exercises these Instagram influencers were telling me, some of them certified, some of them, I I don't have a clue, (laughs) but I was doing the exercises, not knowing if I was doing them right, um, or if I was doing them properly, or if if I even had an issue. So that, as, as I got further into my postpartum journey and pregnant with my second child is when I started to really educate myself Mm -hmm. and start to know, you know, this is your pelvic floor. These are the parts. This is what happens. Mm -hmm. And you don't, I mean, there could be consequences, but you don't have to live with them. And if you suffer any postpartum, you know, issues, it's not, necessarily something you did wrong. Like I always blame Mm -hmm. myself. Like if I had worked out differently the first time, could I have avoided this bladder prolapse? You know, Mm -hmm. well, that's such a good distinction to make. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because, um, it can be really, I think it's so there, we actually did a whole podcast episode for the people listening episode number 37. I did a whole podcast episode on your pelvic floor. Um, my husband specializes in like 
like a, he's a surgeon for the pelvic floor. And so we, we discussed that together on that podcast episode, but there is so much shame that is associated with, um, disorders of the pelvic floor. Uh, and, and I feel like it's something that even as women, we don't necessarily talk about and incontinence, pelvic prolapse. Mm-hmm. Um, those are very common things that many, many women suffer from. And yet it is, it is not well talked about. And I feel like there is a lot of shame in thinking that you caused it and thinking that something's wrong with you and thinking that nobody else experiences that. And so I so appreciate that you're willing to come on and talk about this. Um, because I think the more that we can share about it and the more that we can be like, Hey, you know what? Like this happens to a lot of women. And the more we can talk about it and bring it to light, then the better we can do at preventing it and at treating it and at having people go get the help that they need, because it's not something that you just have to like live with for the rest of your life. Right. That's one thing I was going to say. It's common, but it's not normal. Like it's common to pee your pants, but it's not normal to pee your pants. So don't just live with it. Don't just there's a fix. Yes, like, yeah, just live yes. with it. <laughs> no, don't just put on the padded underwear and, and like, just <laughs> deal with it. No, you can fix it. You can get help. Totally. So what was that experience life like for you? What were some symptoms that you saw? What were, you know, what, like what made you actually go in to be able to be treated and, and what did that look like for you? So I was told by my OBGYN that I did have like an entire pelvic organ prolapse. Yeah. Um, it's, she, from what she made me understand, it was pretty severe, although I didn't have any symptoms. Like some women feel bulging. Mm. Um, some women, you know, urinate when they're running or jumping. Um, some, some women experience like a lot of pelvic pressure or pain. I didn't experience any of that. Sometimes, maybe sometimes I felt a little bit of heaviness, Mm -hmm. but, um, nothing farther than that. Mm -hmm. But with my second pregnancy, I noticed that I had, um, pretty decent sized diastasis recti. That's when your abs separate Mm -hmm. and they don't come back together naturally after birth. And I had an umbilical hernia too. So I was like, okay, how did I, how did I cause this? Mm -hmm. You know, what did I do? So I had to get out of my own head, like whatever happened, happened. And let's just move forward and try to, you know, fix the issue. We don't have to live with it. Mm -hmm. We can seek help. So the one, my greatest, greatest advice for someone that's planning to get pregnant or even not, but mostly for women planning to get pregnant, go see a pelvic floor physical therapist. Mm -hmm. I am begging you. It is the greatest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful I did it. Um, because they don't, it's not just seeing a regular physical therapist. They do an internal exam so they can tell you, you know, the, um, the integrity of your pelvic floor. They can teach you how to contract properly, um, how to contract those muscles and regain strength in that area. They just, it's such a specific, like just such a specific thing that they focus on that, you know, just seeing a regular physical therapist, it's so general, Oh yeah. That it it goes it's like you just have to find one and see and for me it sucked because it wasn't covered by insurance so I had mm. to pay so much money per session but it almost was like okay I spend this money somewhere else I need to spend it for myself like for my health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what if uh, like what Annie was saying too with a pelvic floor physical therapist that is so beneficial is that they can help you isolate those muscles because like Annie was saying, you were saying earlier, like 
we like don't necessarily know how to contract those muscles or we don't, we're not really like aware of that muscular structure down there. And a physical therapist can actually like help give you cues Mm -hmm. and tell you whether you're doing it right or not. And give you that feedback that a lot of women don't have to even know if they're doing Kegels right. Um, 100%. And so I love that you like bring that up. It is, it is a very niche, like physical therapy. You can't just go to a general physical therapist. It's like someone who specializes in the pelvic floor and helping women to train their pelvic floor. Exactly. Exactly. And I, as my knowledge of the pelvic floor was just doing Kegels, like before I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And even after my first child was born, I was doing these pelvic floor exercises, quote unquote, that were, that that I was seeing on Instagram. But until I saw the pelvic floor physical therapist, I had no idea that I wasn't even doing them right. I wasn't even doing a Kegel right. Like as ridiculous as that sounds, you would, you would think that you're, you know, that you're doing it properly, but I wasn't. And ever since then, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what a difference I've seen now that I'm actually doing it right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And so talk a little bit about, um, the treatment process or, um, about, you know, how you like fixed your diastasis recti, how the, how you fix that pelvic floor prolapse and what that looked like for you. Yeah, of course. Um, as far as how my prolapse is now, I don't know um, specifically because I haven't gotten checked, but I can say that I was afraid to run, even run. I hadn't, I haven't run since I got pregnant with my son. And that was four years ago um, because I was afraid to eat because I didn't want to pee myself if like that was going to happen or just feel pressure down there. Yeah. Um, so after I've been doing these exercises and it's just such simple things that you can do at home. Of course, if you go in, they do like hand manipulation, they do massage, they do a lot of things that you can't do yourself at home, but it's not necessary. So you can just go one or two times if it's too expensive for you and just learn those little techniques that you can do at home and you have to do them. So doing the Kegels, right. Contracting the TVA muscles, all that was so important. Now I feel like I can run and not be afraid and I've actually brought down my um, DR from, I think it was like a three and a half finger to now it's two finger. Mm-hmm. And so it's a work in progress. They do splinting for you. Like you get um, a towel and you wrap it around your abdomen and you lay down and you pull as hard as you can just to kind of, you know, bring those muscles back together manually, like with a towel. It sounds crazy, but it really works. And then just contracting as you're doing that, however many times, however many sets. So all those home exercises, they really do make a difference. And I feel like people go in to see physical therapists and they don't really keep it up at home. And that's, Mm -hmm. it makes the world of difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, And so what would you say to somebody who is just getting ready to get pregnant? Um, You know, you made the the suggestion of like going and seeing a physical uh, pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, What are some other suggestions you have about that, that period of time while you're pregnant and working out and trying to balance these things and, you know, take care of your body and 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 your baby, what are some suggestions you have for women? Um, okay. First thing I want to say, like if, if you are just, if you are pregnant now, or if you just had a baby, it's not too late for you. Go see a public floor physical therapist, go see one. Even if you don't think that you have any issues, just go see one just to know, just to, you know, like educate yourself on your own body. It's so important, like just to know what's going on in there. So even if you're if you're already pregnant or postpartum, it's not too late. Um, but if you are just thinking of getting pregnant, um, if you haven't been active, I highly recommend you start getting active. Start by just walking outside, um, you know, five days a week, 30 minutes. It doesn't take much to just be active for your body because it's so good for your baby's health and your health just to 
you know, get the body moving and exercises. It, mm-hmm. it used to be frowned, frowned upon when women were pregnant that they couldn't exercise. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, um, my doctor was like, oh my gosh, you lift more than five pounds? No, no, don't do that. And I was like, mm-hmm. but, but I do, I lift, I lift like 80 pounds <laughs> and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's newer education shows that it's, it's norm. It's fine. If you're, if you're exercising a certain way to continue exercising that way, you know, with precautions, but, um, it's changed so much from back when our moms were, you know, having babies, but just, um, nourish your body with what you would want to feed your child once your child's here. Um, you know, and how you would want your future child to see you taking care of yourself so they can do that for themselves. Just take care of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely echo that fact. The more you take care of yourself, the more you can take care of other people and the people that you love the most. For sure. Yeah. So good. Um, so with, um, you know, with having the diocese direct eye, how has that impacted your, um, workouts, you know, since your pregnancy, how has, how has that been going back to the gym, being able to take care of that at the same time that you're also continuing to work out? So I didn't see a pelvic floor physical therapist for, um, almost a year and a half after I gave birth to my second child. So for that year and a half, I was almost walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. I was terrified to do any core work because I didn't want to make it worse. I was doing these online, um, pelvic floor exercises that I was seeing, but was not seeing, was not really feeling that anything was getting better. And I just was so fearful that I was going to cause more damage. So I avoided a lot of, um, ab exercises actually like didn't do them at all. And I did not mention that I have severe, severe back pain Mm -hmm. now, even now, like lower back pain. And that started after I had my son. So it's been almost like three years of really bad back pain, um, which I could be tied to the first pregnancy could be tied to, you know, giving birth, whatever it is, stuff shifted. I don't know. Um, it could be tied to the DR, the pelvic, the weak pelvic floor. So as I work on that, I'm trying to, you know, figure everything out. So I haven't been able to lift as heavy as I've wanted just because of the back pain and the DR. So everything's just had to shift and mentally make it okay. Like in my head that this is fine. It's just a season that's be cautious instead of jumping in and wanting to be the way that we were, Mm. let's move cautiously so that we can do it the right way. And not just, you know, because my ego is saying, but you can lift more than that. Yeah. It's trying to take a step back and saying, okay, let's not, you know, let our ego get the best of us. Let's just do it the right way so that we don't make it worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And are you feeling like you are healing and like things are getting better and you're getting more confident and um, being able to like transition back to where you used to be. Definitely. I've actually kind of, um, it's helped me see a different side of my weightlifting. Like I don't need to lift that heavy in order to see the results I want or, or just saying that, okay, that's not really super important to me. I don't need to be deadlifting 150 pounds right now. I'm okay with, you know, doing 50 pounds, um, where I'm at in this season of my life. And so it's really made me take a step back and see, it's just, I'm, I'm just like in a different place in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's okay. 
And, and like, I think that is yeah. such a great message for anybody who's listening is that it's okay to go through seasons of life. It's okay to go really hard on your goals at one point And it's okay to like back off a little bit. It's okay to prioritize being a mom. And it's okay to sometimes prioritize like moving up in a career. Like it's okay to have those different seasons of life. And, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes, um, and I mean, I think I, some, we have some similar personalities in that, like we're go-getters and we like always are want to be achieving and like pushing hard. And I think it's really yes. important to remember like those seasons of rest and relaxation like need to happen. We, you cannot just go hard and always be pushing, pushing, pushing every day for your whole life. Um, and, yes, and you'll burn out. You'll burn out. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, you won't be effective. And so I do think, um, it's such a good reminder to everybody listening that there are seasons, there are stages of your life and to embrace and enjoy the, because there's good things about every season, right? There's good things and there's bad things about every season. And so if you're in a slightly different season, there may be things that you don't like, but there probably are really good things about that season as well. Um, and always trying to come back and find, what is the good the part of this season yes. that I'm currently in? So what would you say is like the best part of the season that you're currently in? Oh, my kids, their ages are just amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you remember your children at 18 months, but it's such a fun, fun, fun age to watch them because they're Exploring learning new and, words. Oh yeah. my gosh, the f- expressions on her face. And she's such such a smiley girl. And just the things she says and her mannerisms just kill me watching her. And I just want to eat her up and live in this moment, like for the rest of my life. So no matter how everything else goes, yes, I don't have a second to myself sometimes. And that makes me insanely crazy. Yes. I am sick and tired of washing dishes. What feels like the entire day Mm -hmm. until I go to sleep, (laughs) I'm at the kitchen sink. That's okay. Because this age is just so much fun. Um, hard at times for sure. Disciplining a three and a half year old, because he's also at a stage where he's trying to be so independent and has all these opinions, but it's just been a blast seeing them at this age. And your daughter is so cute with her new little glasses. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was, (laughs) that was devastating to find out, but she's, I can't even imagine her without them now. Yeah. Are are you willing to share that story a little bit just about that experience? Yes, of course. Of course. So my daughter was born with um, a pupillary abnormality, which it looked like a part of her iris was like pulling away from her pupil. It's It looks super cool when you look at it. And the doctor saw it when he took a picture of her eyes and said, okay, this is different. I don't think it's anything to worry about, but I'm going to send you to an ophthalmologist to just have her get checked. And so we went when she was four months old and they looked at it and they were like, it's totally fine um, as long as it doesn't grow, but it shouldn't. Like, she should never have issues with her vision, but let's see her in a year just to make sure. So just a few months ago when she turned a year, we went back and they took a picture again of her eyes. First, he looked at it and he was like, it's, it looks fine. It still looks the same. But then they took a picture and they um, came back and they were like, okay, she has astigmatism in her left eye. And if we don't put glasses on her, then that eye is going to become a lazy eye and we're going to have to patch her good eye so that that the brain sends a signal to the bad eye I need to start working again so he's like we don't want that to happen so she mm-hmm. needs to wear glasses and I was sitting in the office like just staring off into space as he was talking and he was like I'm so sorry to bring this bad news and it was right before Christmas he's like right before the holidays and he just made me like feel so awful but I started to tear up in the office and he's like, I know, I know, but you know, 
she's she's going to be just fine. And I was like, is there any way that this can be corrected that she won't need glasses? And mm-hmm. he's like, um, I he's like, I, I don't think I'm ever wrong, but I don't think so. But I am hope I hope I'm wrong in this case, but I don't I don't see it. And I was mm-hmm. like, OK. And so um, we I walked into like an up to, up, up like a glasses store. And the woman was talking and I just couldn't hold it together. I like started to cry and she's like, you don't have to do this today. I was like, no, I'm going home. Like I can't, I can't pick her glasses out today. I need mm-hmm. to like just digest this and like tell my husband. And so he, we talked about it and he's like, okay, look, like if this is the worst thing that's ever going to happen, this is amazing. Like we don't, this is not life threatening. You know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. don't need to feel sad about this. So, and then we picked out her glasses and she just has been so amazing with them, keeping them on her eyes. And I feel like she loves them because they're like an accessory. I don't know what it is with girls. It just, (laughs) like, it's like she knows. Mm -hmm. So she's been wearing them and she just is the cutest thing. Oh, it's so fun. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, I, I know that that's, yeah, it's always hard to like get that kind of news with about our kids and you just, you just never know what's going to happen. You don't and want anything to happen no, to them. No, you don't. Yeah. You just want to like yeah. protect them and keep them safe and like have nothing bad ever happen to them. Exactly. And, um, as a mother, like that's, that's our instinct and you know, but we things, can't control. Are, yeah. We can't control it. Like things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I know as a mom, like that can, that can feel really hard, but, um, I'm, I'm sure other mothers are listening and can, can relate to experiences with their kids as well. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. I have such enjoyed our conversation and I hope this provides a lot of oh, value me too. to women. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And if people are wanting to connect with you, they want to follow you on Instagram. Where, where can they find you? Yes. Find me at, at Annie P fit. Awesome. On Instagram. Perfect. Thanks so much, Annie. Thank you so much, Amber. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Annie and that you were able to have some takeaways. And if nothing else, just to be able to hear an experience from another woman's perspective of what it has been like, you know, going through having children, trying to balance fitness with that. We talked a lot about the seasons of life that we're in and, and maybe you're in a season right now of hustle and of goal setting and of achieving. And that's awesome. But maybe you're on a, a season where it's like a, it's a little bit more about rest. It's a little bit more about listening to your body. It's a little bit more about taking it a little easy, and that's awesome too. I think it's so important to remember that not every season can be a season of hustle. Not every season can be you like fighting and pushing and reaching for the things that you want. There's nothing wrong with having the ebbs and flows that occur with life. And I think Annie was such a good example and a reminder of that. And I hope that you were able to take something away from the conversation with her. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.